Hello and welcome. Um, Mark, today we're talking a little bit about something that we obviously, well not obviously, but between you and I, we speak a lot about fear versus love. And there's a lot of literature on that. If you look online, there's a lot of literature on fear versus love. In my mind, fear is the opposite of love. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later. But, but for you, is that true as well? I don't know if I'd say it was the opposite. Um, so this morning we were talking about your book. Um, Lizelle's written a children's book um, that basically talks about two, the two voices in our heads. Um, one is fear um, and the other is love. And the book isn't as obvious as that. Um, it's a children's book, but that is the subtext whether deliberate or not deliberate, in, in, in the case of the book of the message. Uh, and that's what made me think about it today. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was uh, opposite in, in the traditional sense of it, but yes, it is opposite in terms of it's the feeling. If we can act out of love, um, it's the opposite of when we act out of fear. Now that's not to say that fear is always a bad thing, Sometimes we need fear to trigger a certain state of emotion. Um, but most of the time, the voice in our head that's acting from fear will cause us to act in a way that isn't in our best interests. Yeah, I think uh, for me, fear, you're right. I think it's necessary because we've all, uh, we all are geared uh, to protect ourselves. However, when you are in a state of fear, and I, I believe I've been in my life, you may have been in your life, and certainly a lot of people experience a period where they don't really live their full potential because they operate from the space of fear. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 so, we talked last week about the four agreements. And, and, and the four agreements, the bigger picture of it, it talks about society's dream. That dream, or if you want to, to look at it in a different context, the world that we live in is based on fear. The, the news is predominantly negative and fear-based. You know, um, the, the, the biggest part of the news in, in recent times has talked about the war on terror. And indeed, many people in, in our cities around the world are fearful that they might get blown up. Yet, when you look at the statistics, somebody, for instance, in America has got something like 10 times more chance of being shot by a toddler that's the truth, that's the statistic, than they have of being blown up by a terrorist. Also, by the way, that terrorist is, I don't know, whatever the percentage is, 10 times more likely, I, I, don't quote me on it, to be a white American as opposed to an Arabic whatever, um, President Trump, for instance, and the establishment over there talk about as the terrorist threat. That's all fear and it's not based on reality. 
The reality is you've got more chance in London of being run over by a bus by a factor of a thousandfold than you have of being blown up by a bomb. Yet we don't walk around in our lives worried about being run over by a bus. Instead, the media, the establishment, the news, by spreading this fear-based message, have a large proportion of the population actually thinking about if they don't live in the, a, a big city all the time when they go there, what might happen? And sometimes avoiding going to these places because of this fear. The fear is, as fear always is, irrational. It pulls at something and magnifies. And if we let that, taken into the wider context, run our lives, these messages of fear that we're sent via the news, via the newspapers, when, you know, what's the proportion of good news stories, of love-based stories, as opposed to fear-based stories? We were looking at a news story, um, this morning I can't even remember what it was, it was, uh, um, <sighs> you showed a graph. The department store story. It was about department stores. It was about shopping, actually. Mm. It was about, we were talking about department stores. It was about the, the death of the high street. Um, and it was um, pertinent to the UK, but uh, of course, it, it could probably have been in any, in any country. And we were talking about Australia as well. And, and this particular graph looked like it showed a massive decline in footfall. What the graph actually showed was a 2% decline, but because it was done in um, 0.2% increments, it looked like a massive drop. That's how the news skews our views, unless you look at it carefully. So um, you and I don't watch television, we don't have newspapers, we dip into, and that was the BBC News app, oh, it's, uh, it's better than most. But if there's some news we're interested in, we will look at different sources to see what the truth really is and to make our own minds up. And I think that's the key thing. Mm. But, but for me, the key thing is don't be subjected to, we don't listen to the radio. Don't be subjected to the outside noise, the negative noise. And when your own inner voice starts talking um, in a fearful way, and it does, recognise it. Mm. Ask yourself why. It, it may well be there's a, there's, a, there's a genuine reason. But is your response to that fear, that negativity proportional yeah. or as is mostly the case is it way out of proportion and that's where we could have to be careful with the balance of our lives and on that point of balance actually an analogy i picked up years ago which i thought was a beautiful one um, about fear and love it's if you take a mom and dad in a traditional family so mom and dad and, and they have a little one there's always a very healthy balance because dad will go 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 on do do go on be adventurous and mom will go no wait a minute be a little bit more careful i mean it's not always in that uh as you can imagine in that dynamic it's you know but 
that is to me fear and love's role. It's like you are supposed to have healthy doses of most of both. However, your driving force needs to be from one of exploration and growth in a careful way, but still from the motivation of love. So then the fear, however, becomes the overriding voice, whereas love should be the overriding voice. Fear should just be the precautionary. It, Hang on a little bit. Yes. Maybe that's not the best uh, way. That's a really good analogy of our childhood. Uh, and I, it made me think back as you were talking then to um, my father would, and I've now been a, a father myself for, for many years, um, but I remember my own childhood and we would go and do some what I would look back at as risky things, dangerous things. Not reckless dangerous, but nevertheless, climbing a 40-foot ladder, for instance, along the dock wall to get up from the boat to the, uh, to the side of the docks in the Channel Islands where there's a very high tide, as a six-year-old, with my little sister, four years old, just ahead of me and in my arms, that nowadays, oh, that's dangerous, you shouldn't let your children do that. Well, A, in those days there was no other way of getting off the boat, but B, my dad would have been worried about that, as I've been worried about some of the things I've asked my children to do. But if I pursue the worry and the fear route, and I don't let them do it, we get into the whole health and safety. Where is the balance of risk? and responsibility and you also stoke their fear fire yes you do and if you stoke that so whereas what was stoked in me and i was so fortunate with my childhood so so lucky we sailed a lot you know on one of those journeys back from from holland it was mostly across the north sea from holland to great britain in those days in a very slow small wooden boat it took 24 hours when I was 15 years old, we came back. We'd been waiting in Imuden for three days for the weather to clear. Um, it was force eight, which is a gale. Um, it was, uh, and for a small boat, that's a big wind. You don't deliberately go out into that. The boat could take it, but it's, it's, it's not comfortable. And so we waited um, until the forecast was for four six or below. And there was a couple of other boats waiting with us to go back to the UK. We all were listening to the same forecast. We all set off. About halfway across, the forecast was wrong, often happened in those days, and it blew up to force eight. It's okay, we ploughed on. It wasn't like I was feeling pretty sick. Um, uh, we all were, but we, just, we were there. We knew what to do. We were, you know, being sensible. One of the other boats arrived very late, and we found out afterwards his wife had fallen overboard and died. She was lost behind the, the big waves, and that, that was, of course, was horrific. But did that stop me going to sea? I sail all the time, and sea is part of my life. No, it reminded me to respect the sea, that the sea is all-powerful, and all we work with the sea, and in respecting it, you're careful. But it, I didn't let the fear of it, either then as a young 15-year-old or now, at any time, overcome the 
joy and the freedom of exploring, of being yes. at sea. Yes. And, I think and that's, that's the balance. That is the balance. And I, I think that's where it is, is that fear uh, should be there to remind you not to cripple you. Yes. And it's so often, I just see it blown out of all proportions so often in by society, the establishment, the media, they blow it up and, and people accept it as true. And that there, and it isn't. That, you know, um, these things become truths and are acted upon like the terrorist threat, although it's a fact. I haven't seen a war on, on um, toddlers in America, as I said earlier, I've seen a war on terror. Mm. And those words are emotive, they're made to stoke up fear. So I just say to everybody, just take stock of what you're being told and make your own mind up. Look at the real facts and figures and don't subject yourself to too much news. And just occasionally take the risks without crippling yourself for fear. So those of you that are, for instance, and here's a really good practical demonstration, you're in a job, you hate it, you, but you're scared. You have a mortgage, maybe a family, you've got to pay your bills, and so you're scared, afraid to leave. Because the myth that spread is that your company by both the company and the government said, go work for a nice company, That'll, you'll be looked after, your salary is secure. But the reality is, how many times do companies close a division through no fault of yours, that company's no longer in existence, you no longer have a job. You're not as safe as you imagine in that job. Therefore, your fear of perhaps going to work for yourself and following your passion is overblown. Now, I've run my own business for most of my life, so I, 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 I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's bloody hard work. And that's all you've got often to start with, is hard work. But if you've got the commitment, the passion, and the belief in yourself, and you do work hard, because there is no easy route, nine times out of 10, you will succeed at it. And furthermore, I view working for myself as much safer than working for someone else because guess what? My um, success or failure is based on my own efforts and not, the, not some faceless company. So the fear and the story would have you stay where you are because it's safer. The reality is not necessarily so. And really, do you want to stay your whole life because of fear, doing a job you hate? Or do you want to step through that fear and go and do something instead that you love mm. and follow your passion? Because this is your life we're talking about. There's an example of fear crippling you and leaving your job you hate. Instead, guess what? Why don't you get rid of the house that you're living in with a crippling mortgage and live in a smaller place so you can go and do what you love and adjust your life so that you can live it not in fear, but with a sense of possibility of what could be. Mm. Do you think that's all we need to speak about today on Fear of Love? I think I probably got carried away. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah 
think that's all. I think that um, I have one more little thing to say, if I may. Um, I, th I think that, again, just going back to the role of fear and love in our lives, and I feel like warning and fear has a place, but it's almost like you take somebody like the janitor in a company and make him the MD by putting fear in charge of your life. Um, you know, it's, it's you've given fear an inappropriate role. And I guess practically, if you, on a day-to-day -day basis, notice, I mean, because you know the way that fear makes you feel and you know the way that love makes you feel, you can pick that up. So if, on a day-to-day -day basis, if you're operating and you know, you know you're feeling uncomfortable, you're feeling fearful, you're feeling anxious, that is not, that is not coming from a place of love. And in that moment, you can stop, reassess, and perhaps make a different decision or a softer decision. Adjust a, your life. A, yes. Adjust yeah. your life to get rid of the feeling of anxiousness and fear. It has no place in a happy life. No. All right, I think that's it. It's a wrap.